Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. Uh, I'm guessing as you're hearing this, because we're about seven or eight weeks uh, produced, we're going to be on the Chesapeake Bay, Maryland. And I think hopefully this whole coronavirus thing is a distant memory. That's my positive thinking. Anyway, I got a really fun interview um, because we're going to be talking about digital marketing, but also um, I got an entrepreneur who's got a really, really great story. I know you're going to be inspired. Darwin Liu is a digital marketer who runs a very successful invite-only marketing agency called X Agency. After graduating college in 2008, Darwin Googled how to get rich online. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great Google phrase and discovered online marketing. After many failures, he found an entry-level job at a digital marketing agency and for the next six years he worked hard to achieve his entrepreneurial goals by becoming the fastest promoted becoming the fastest promoted in the company he was also running he was then running strategy for the largest accounts for the agency which managed over 50 million dollars in annual spending i'm just excited to talk to him darwin how are you today how's it going yeah i'm excited to be here Man, and so uh, so everybody knows um, you're you're in Boston right now, my kind of my old stomping ground. And um, f- fun fact, when I was uh, when I took driver's education in 1975, my first day behind the wheel, the driver instructor went shooting up Route Three North and took us into Boston. And like you know, Boston is crazy, man. If you don't <laughs> you, to get around the intersections and those rotaries, man, you got to really have some. Cajones. So that was, that's how I learned how to drive. And I'm sure people are going, what the hell? Anyway, um, I, lo- I love this whole, I love this whole uh, digital marketing thing. It, I mean, it changes, I, I'd say by the day, but certainly by the week. Um, but before I dive into some best practices, because you've obviously had a lot of success, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Did you, did you go to college? Did you become an entrepreneur right away? I mean, how many businesses have you started? That type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just a funny aside, um, people don't know how, you know, Boston for its, you know, say short tempered people, you know, they mm-hmm. are New York, but I say Boston probably number two on that list, right? So yeah, it's definitely hard. Yeah, they're not going to smile and wave you into line <laughs> on the highway. No, no, no. They don't even look at you in the eye when they walk by you. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so uh, yeah, I would say I've probably never sort of, um, a structured corporate kind of guy, right? Even growing uh, up as a kid, um, being sent to China, coming back, I was really independent. So in fifth grade, I think I sold uh, magic cards for a lot of money. Um, in um, sixth grade, I would write articles for people to, uh, uh, sorry, I, I would do people's homeworks and um, people would actually pay me to make copies of it, right? Um, in college, I paid my way through by winning poker tournaments. So I've always sort of always had that entrepreneurial mindset. So right when I graduated, I really didn't know what to do with myself. Uh, I really didn't want to get a job. So I Google how to get rich online. <laughs> First thing that came up was online marketing, right? So I was just like, all right, you know what? Let's try this. Um, Google was still in its infancy. And if you want to sort of understand my background, I'm Asian. So every one of us needs to be either a doctor or an accountant or a lawyer or anything, you know, high up there in the corporate world. And for me to say that I was going to do online marketing, um, 
everyone was just shooting me down. So, you know, for the next two years, I was in my mom's basement. Everyone was getting a job and I, I was literally paying out of my own pocket with no money, uh, running ads, building websites. I'm trying to figure out, figure out what worked, you know, some successes, a lot of failures, ended up owing 30K on my credit card. So guess what? What do you have to do? <laughs> you got to find a job, right? And, you know, wow. that, that's like probably one of the, the biggest sort of failures that anyone could get because as an entrepreneur, you're telling every single person around you that you're going to make it big, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And that's literally just like a slap in the face and everyone will, and they did say, I told you so, you should have done this a long time ago, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm getting a job at an entry level, I think I was making 37 grand a year. Um, and really just, just doing that. But for me, that was never sort of, you know, that was never the end. It was, it was more of um, it just basically as a bridge to actually you know, continue my journey. So while I'm working at, working at the agency, I built up my own network. I was still doing marketing on the side, working my 70 hour weeks, um, easy. And then finally on year five, you know, I, I was on a great career corporate path if I want to stay and, and continue making great corporate money, but uh, I've always wanted to start my own agency. So I left um, first, I think we've only been in business for about two and a half years, but we are you know, well over the seven figure mark. Um, I think within the first year, we are already past seven figures. Um, so yeah, I think we, prior to COVID, I mean, there's a lot of changes that's been going on. Um, I think right now we have 11 employees uh, full-time on top of six or seven part-time employees. So you grew, you grew a seven-figure business in a year? Yep. <laughs> wow, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, what's with the, what's X agency? What's the meaning behind the name? Yeah, so at the, end of the day it was really it wasn't the name that came before the idea it was more along the lines of um what was out there what was available out there so we actually started as sem consultants because we primarily did search engine marketing and then i was you know looking for domains and i found um x agency as a domain that i could purchase for not that expensive but at the end of the day it sort of fit what we what i had envisioned for how my agency went so that's kind of how x agency came to right what does it actually mean? Uh, I want exclusivity and the X sort of gave that. So that was sort of how I came about this name. That's pretty cool. So you started out doing SEO and then social media ads, et cetera. What's, what's like your main focus today? Like who's a great customer for you? And, and do they just say, give me everything, all the bells and whistles or like what's the sweet spot for you, Darwin? Yeah. So what we are moving towards really is an integrated marketing approach. Um, what I would say is if you're starting a digital marketing company or if you are running your own ads, right? So SEO itself, it, it's a long-term play, meaning you don't mm -hmm. see results right away. You also can't tie a number to your efforts because whatever you're doing in SEO is actually very hard to measure, right? Um, so our bread, and uh, our bread and butter really is SEM. So paid search, you know, paid Google, paid Bing and paid social because you can tie a percentage of media to that. We can charge based on how much we're spending, how much we're making. Um, so that, that is sort of the, the, the main marketing channel. Um, but again, uh, as you said, Jim, marketing moves at you know, speed of light. <laughs> if it doesn't yep. the day, it changes in a week. We need to be in almost every channel that is possible because if not, what I really found out is that, uh, you know, when you have different, I guess, departments or, or different uh, channels and different people running the channels, the numbers actually don't match up. And what ends up happening is you're making wrong decisions. So for people who want to do paid traffic, um, 
is Facebook still it? I hear Facebook's getting really difficult and, um, you know, Google Bing and all that stuff. Is that still kind of the backbone? Or, and then I also hear LinkedIn is doing stuff like that. But that's kind of, I don't know if that's the Wild West or just expensive. I hear all kinds of stuff. What do you say? <laughs> uh, there's, there's many things that I can bring up, right? So let, let's talk about LinkedIn really quick. If you're talking about LinkedIn advertising for a small business owner, that is 100% no go. You're paying 4 or $5 a click. Now, mm. If you're talking about special tools in LinkedIn that you go about in the gray hat way, right? Which is, uh, I'm sure if you've been on LinkedIn, you'll see a lot of people reaching out to you with tailored messaging. Yes. That itself is a tool that you can pay for and it's called Hey Alfred and there's a bunch of other ones out there. That's about a hundred dollars a month. You set up your, your auto messages based on variables. Uh, that one I would do if you're trying to, you know, reach to, to small business contacts, right? If you're trying to do B2B, sell, sell your service to businesses, that is something I would definitely consider putting in the arsenal. You know, that one puzzles me, to be honest with you. And I, I understand, usually if you see people doing something and they're doing it all the time, there's, they're either clueless or it's working. So you, you don't quite know. But I see people, they connect with me all the time. And literally, the moment I accept an invitation to connect, it's like, hey, Jim, tell me about your business. How can I help you? I'd like to show you a free webinar. I mean, I'm just bamboozled with these messages, which yep. I find offensive or, or at least an intrusion or just not appropriate, but I guess they must be working, right? Oh, yeah. So, and I'll tell you this, Jim. Now, whenever you approach something, it's always, okay, would I be doing this? The, the, the real sort of common denominator to every one of us doing some, some sort of activity or marketing or running a business really is, you know, there's a lot of best practices out there for things, but none of them take into factor time, right? So, right. With that said, um, do I want to spend all day reaching out to the 20 perfect people or do I want to put on a tool that will reach out to 100 people a day automatically and the 1% that respond, I can respond to, you know? So that was always how it went, right? I'm sure 99% of people won't respond to them, but if I'm reaching out to 10 times, 20 times, 30 times more people than I could do manually, um, at the end of the day, as long as the industry is big enough, I really don't care who, how many people hate me, you know? Wow. So there you go. I mean, that's it. So you reach out to, you know, a, a thousand people or 10,000 people and, and you get, you know, 10 people that raise their hand, you're in business. Exactly. Uh, the, the perfect, um, you know, sort of easy analogy I can think of this is, uh, is Tinder, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, back in the day, I would tell my friends, instead of, you know, as, as guys that you get rejected a ton. So what do you do? You tell them to run an automated tool that will like every single person. I mean, if, if you're liking 10,000 people in New York and the 0.05% that respond, that you respond to, I mean, you know, like that, that's all you need versus picking people. And at the end, they're not even, you know, they don't even want you, right? So, so that, that's basically a time is the most important thing in sort of anything we do. And at the end of the day, figure out how you can automate systems and processes so you can do more things with less time. Well, I know you also run another business called American Bully. What, yep. What's that about? Yeah, so <laughs> I was trying to buy a super muscular and big uh, pit bull, and I realized that it's a, it's a different breed, right? Brand new breed, um, super expensive. And, you know, just because I do digital marketing, I was able to find out that the search terms for them are skyrocketing. There's about 250,000 searches for them. So with that said, and since I run e-commerce e digital marketing, it was a perfect segue for us. So, uh, you know, buying the domain itself. I used to buy domains all, all the time. We, we purchased the domain AmericanBully.com. It's a prime keyword domain. Um, put it, put it live. We, we ship uh, products from from China, and at the end of the day, it's basically a doggy clothing store. 
and it's specifically for pit bulls and people who are into pit bulls call them bullies or American bullies. Like, yeah, bull, yeah, basically it's a bully breed. Yep. Wow, man, that's pretty cool. Um, let's see. So tell me more about what. So a lot of the people that listen to my program, um, let's say they're in the you know six figure to two fifty range, and they really like to to. You know, they're not starving for cash anymore, but they'd also like to, they have enough that they can invest in some paid traffic or whether it's SEO or like, what, what would be a suggestion on how some of these people can get in front of more people? Yep. So, you know, pertain to your, even your question from earlier, running a paid search campaign on Google and Bing is actually a little bit expensive and overcrowded right now. Um, and it's, you know, I'd say 80% of it is primarily run by expert agencies using, you know, machine learning and tools, right? Unless you're hiring someone for this, usually someone wouldn't really be able to become profitable on, on this channel itself. So, um, depending on what kind of business you're running, right? If it's a B2B play at the end of the day, it would be sort of a lot of the gray hat tools. Um, on top of the, the LinkedIn tool, there, there are email tools out there. And lastly, for a B2B company, what, what we really sort of forgot nowadays is the email marketing list and uh, organic traffic. So mm. um, for B2B, really, you know, you, I think a lot of B2B is based on trust. It's, it's not instant sales like an e-commerce store, right? So you do want those very informative, nice to read blog posts out there that whenever someone in your industry searches for, um, that they find. So for you, it will really be investing in good SEO, good content on top of a good email program. So, so, um, uh, organic search, that's really important. And is that, is the best way to do that still content across multiple platforms, whether blog posts, video, and I mean, social media, all that, all, I mean, it must be, it's, I'm sure it's a highly organized campaign. And then that is what's going to produce organic search results. Well, this is what I would actually say. Um, there's probably, everyone thinks of SEO as something super technical and, and, you know, super hard. And that is something magical and mystical, right? What I would say is, is really this. For a lot of B2B clients, what they really do is, if I'm a mid-market manager, um, what I really care about is, or I actually try to find information on the web itself. So Google search is still a huge player uh, in all of this. And yes, so what you said was correct, however, um, I think a lot of people take content wrong, meaning I'd say in any industry, there's probably a thousand plus companies doing the same thing you are. What you really want to do is put out really good, informative content that's easily readable and actually connects with your audience. Because when you do that, then that's actually when everything happens. When you're actually seen as a thought leader in your space, um, that's actually when, uh, you know, people actually will start coming to you uh, with your leads and getting real clients, right? So, you know, instead of sort of... <laughs> I guess, confusing everyone and telling them that, yes, uh, you have to run it on social. You have to change your, your content, the podcast, the videos and all that stuff. Come up with good content first, you know, instead of regurgitating what you find on, on the web and just putting it out there like everyone else. Is, blog, is blogging still an important part of content strategy? 100% for B2B, yes. And, and is there an easy answer? Like, do you blog? Uh, I've heard you can blog once or three times a week. About that. I'm sorry, what? Sorry about that. There's a background noise. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I've heard people say you should email, like, I mean, not email. If you blog, put out a good blog post, like between one, two or three times a week. And I've heard other people say just one long blog post is like, what's your strategy? Yep. Uh, it is the one long blog post. So they're, they're called Cornerstone Content. You can do a quick Google on it. 
But uh, hey, if you could put out three long blog posts, that's amazing, right? So for, for us personally, I would say the minimum is 2,000, you know? Uh, usually you'll see 500, but everyone is doing 500 words nowadays. And really at the end of the day, one, the content really isn't that great and it's usually regurgitated. So 2,000 minimum, um, easily digestible, easily to, easy to read. Uh, and those are the things that actually work. Wow. And what's, what's with email? Again, you hear some people say, oh, email's dead. And, you know, other people say, no, I'm, I'm crushing it on email. What does Darwin Lou say? <laughs> <laughs> email is still king in anything we do, I would say. Um, it's funny because every company sort of just jumps on the shiny uh, object, right? Whether it's yes. connected TV or TikTok or, or whatever it is out there. But like, especially for what we do, um, our, our clients are primarily e-com now. Um, picture a client that has 3 million people in their email list versus one that has 300,000. I mean, one email blast at 0.05% conversion rate uh, with a 3 million list is huge, you know? So email is still king. Uh, and I think a lot of, uh, I guess people don't understand what the main point of email is. Um, people think that, you know, you're, they're supposed to read your email or, you know, if they're not opening it, that it's bad, right? I mean, our, our emails currently are probably, um, we personally probably have a hundred newsletters spamming us that we don't ever read. However, one is that there comes a time when we're actually interested in something because it keeps coming up or that it comes into our head and we go, hey, we got a newsletter about that. Let's actually read it, you know? So the point of this email really is, at the end of the day, if they haven't actually unsubscribed from you, they're going to be a customer. We just don't know when. So the emails are really to keep you top of mind. So when they are ready to buy from you, um, it's there. So did I just hear you, Darwin, say it doesn't matter if they read it as long as they see you pop it into the inbox? Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> I, wow. know I know that's actually kind of weird, but if you want to think about it, um, the, the biggest pushback we ever get is we don't want to annoy people that they're not opening it. You know, in terms of reading it itself, no, it doesn't really matter. However, in terms of open rates and all that stuff, that's a different story. But yeah, at the end of the day, they're not going to read all your stuff. And I'm sure as a personal user of email, which we all are, we don't always open the email from our favorite newsletter. I mean, I open it once out of 20 times, right? But it's really just that it's there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, got about, uh, let's see, I got about four or five minutes here. What are some other best practices for people who are doing like e-commerce and, and, you know, basically building their business online? Yeah. Um, what I would really say is depending on what your budget is, um, hire someone to do it, whether it's even, you know, a, a solo contractor or a large agency, it all depends on your budget, but whatever you're saving from hiring this person or this company, is probably what you're losing doing it on your own, you know? So um, definitely pay the money to hire an expert in the space. There's Upwork if you need a, a contractor for cheap. There's a bunch of other places that you can hire people from, but definitely hire people. Two is if you want to scale up, um, you do want your systems and processes in place. We sort of grew way faster than I could systemize this thing. And this is where we're running into issues now, um, especially in our industry when and any system that's built today is, needs to be updated tomorrow, right? So. Um, system, you know, systemizing things is, is actually super important. You might want to read the book Scaling Up. That sort of, you know, it sort of sums it up in a nutshell from going from a one person company to a five person company to a 50 person company. Um, in terms of marketing itself, you know, don't focus on the shiny object, just really focus on the core fundamentals, right? Whether it is, it all depends on what market you're in, but if it's B2B, I, I find a lot of companies putting their time into Instagram and 
and Facebook. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's a calling card uh, for B2B companies. Obviously it's different if you're doing B2C, um, but you know, it, don't, don't just listen to a podcast or read a book and think that it's for your channel, right? It's, it's really based on what you're, you're doing, what you're selling and where you're seeing your results, focus on the, the core channels that you're actually seeing your own results from. I was just going to ask you about Instagram. So that is not necessarily um, good for B2B. Yep, exactly. So for Instagram itself, it's funny because I see a lot of B2B companies putting, you know, their marketing notes on Instagram itself when at the end of the day, that's not how people find you, you know? So there's no point in um, posting, let's just say three times a week on marketing material when Think about what people actually use a B2B Instagram for. If I'm actually doing B2B, I'm going on their website, clicking through to see if they're legit business and what they're about, right? So Instagram itself, I would probably have seven to 10 or however how many times or how many posts that you can actually get up there to actually just show who we are because that's all it is really. Um, if you're going to do, you know, do your, your, your posts on Facebook every three days, you, you'll basically notice that you probably get one to three likes if it's B2B, you know, or like it's, it's seen by like 5.05% of your people. So um, yeah, B2B, use it as a calling card, not as a marketing tool. Okay. Very cool. Um, let me squeeze one more question in because you sound like a pretty busy guy. You got two different companies at least that I'm aware of. How do you, what do you do to balance your time? Any time management tips? Uh, I have none for you because my time is not bad. I have none for you. Is that what you said? Yeah. I, um, you know, my, my time is, I, I don't have balance right now, I would say, just because I am doing so much. And um, I get that question a lot. And my answer usually is that the balance comes later on in life when I don't have to work so much, right? Because mm. If we're looking at life as a whole, um, I'm hoping that I can retire earlier than what typically is the average. Well, th that's a good plan. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people try and do it the other way. I, I just want to work 40 hours, but I'd love to retire when I'm 40, you know, so. Yeah. Which obviously doesn't happen, right? I think a lot of people want things, but they don't want to put in the work for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a good answer. Darren, what a fun interview. Um, how can people connect with you? You know, get and give out uh, your website for X Agency and uh, American Bully. Yep. So um, you can reach me at Darwin at xagency.com. I have a blog that I haven't really been updating, darwinlu.com. But any questions at all, feel free to just reach me at my personal email that I just gave out. That's the only email I use. Um, usually, you know, our, our, our marketing agency is sort of close to the public and, and we take mid, at least mid to prize level companies, right? Companies in a million dollar range plus. Um, but yeah, just my email. <laughs> That's awesome. Darwin, thanks so much for being my guest this week. I really had a lot of fun chatting with you. Oh, this is definitely amazing. Thank you so much, Jim. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Darwin Liu. Again, you can connect with him, Darwin, at xagency.com. You can connect with me at getchimpalmer.com and most other places online. Um, until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.